Thanks for joining us today at BIV Today, the daily business podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. Very early on in the pandemic, it became increasingly clear that the coronavirus was an airborne virus more than anything, which meant that social distancing was, of course, quite important, but that masks were even more so, given the difficulties many of us have in working and living without being in close proximity to others. Moreover, while most everyone watching today might have the means to buy clean masks, far from everyone does. So the Deloitte Canada professional services firm and the OEC group and the global logistics business have gone out and sourced 1 million masks with the support of a wide range of British Columbian business and transportation services like TransLink and BC Ferries, Vancouver International Airport, BCAA, SCI, BC Transit and others. And they're using the United Ways network to distribute the masks to those without the means to easily obtain them. It's an enormous venture. I think it's one of a kind here in Canada for sure. And I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast Etienne Brisson. He's the vice chair of Deloitte in British Columbia and Michael McKnight, the president of the United Way of Lower Mainland. Good to have you both with us. Good morning. Good morning. Well, listen, let's uh, let's talk first of all, um, Etienne and, and Michael. Um, I always look anytime there's an initiative, I always wonder what problem is this trying to solve? What problem was set out to solve here? Uh, Michael, why don't you go first? Sure. So when the pandemic hit, of course, United Way and its uh, long-term uh, relationship with the community, um, it worked with a lot of community-based organizations who were providing frontline services uh, to vulnerable people during the pandemic who often were made more vulnerable because of social isolation and other other issues. And you know, as we all know, uh, even frontline workers at the beginning of the pandemic were having difficulty sourcing masks. So you can imagine what community-based agencies and people living in poverty or, or without other different challenges were having. And so that became one of the, uh, the key critical issues that we tried to address, making sure that people were safe when they were delivering services and for people who were trying to access those services. And Etienne, when you think about it as a, a problem, in this case, um, you know, why why step in this way here? Uh, why why come at it this way? For for me, it it all started when we started doing surveys, and and what the surveys about our own workplace was saying is that that people were okay to work at home in in a big proportion, but as we were thinking about the future, the other question that always uh, interested me is is the confidence in public transportation which was really low. So so at some point I said, well, is, is it a question that people are happy at home or is it a question that they're afraid of, of the public transportation and in our conversations with, with TransLink, for instance, ridership was down and, and we were thinking, well, people need to get to work for, for, for various services to, to keep the economy going, let people uh, be able to, to move around if, if they so choose uh, and, and realize that that Accessibility to mask was, was was something that was really important for for transportation and through other conversations with Mike and others, we kind of saw the need uh, for for people uh, to get mask, and and that's how uh, the, these conversations started. Can, can I ask you both a bit of a personal question here? I think a lot of us uh, really were going around at the er- in the early going without wearing a mask. I mean, obviously there was some public dispute about whether the masks were really going to be all that effective. Can you remember when you started using a mask uh, in, in the pandemic and, and how differently it made you feel? 
in terms of your own safety, Michael? Sure. I think for me, it was relatively early and it was less so about my fear of the pandemic uh, and probably more so a recognition of my role as a, a public leader in, in the well-being of our community. So I kind of felt the, the need and the responsibility to set an example, uh, both uh, myself and my family, uh, to you know, try to um, you know, let people know that sometimes it's more important to look after others than it is to look after yourself. And that was part of our responsibility to our community. Yeah. Etienne, do you, re do you recall the, any kind of a shift that yeah, happened for, for in yeah. your own mind about for, for, how you felt differently once you began to don a mask? Yeah, it's 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 mainly going and running errands, right? When 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 uh, uh, various uh, businesses add the options or not, and and going in those that that uh, that that required it versus not, and start to say like this is this is what needs to be done. And I remember where where people started thinking, well, should I or it's my 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 right to to put it on or not? But when you think about it, it's it's not right. It's not as wearing a helmet going on a bicycle and, and you can hurt yourself by not wearing a mask you can hurt others and it's it's not a personal mm -hmm. choice anymore it's a societal choice mm -hmm. and uh, as Michael said it's it's that role modeling uh, that I think we all uh, needed to do at that point. Uh, I'm going to stay with you on this one and, and I want to uh, get Michael's involvement too in it which is walk me through the process of how this idea not only stepped forward, but how you began to assemble everything here in order to get the pieces in place to be able to undertake something like this. So uh, what were the you know first, second, third types of things that, that occurred here? What if I can start to, we, we started that conversation again, uh, I think early on main, mainly with uh, with TransLink uh, around transportation and, and, and use of that. And we were looking at, uh, originally it was 500,000 masks and, and we started to, to look, okay, there's there's TransLink, but what about the rest of the transportation? Uh, what is needed? What is best for, for uh, British Columbia, uh, for, for fairness to, to those that, uh, that needed it? But also, again, to, to build that confidence and that it was safe to be in, in public transportation if you wanted to do it. Uh, and then uh, trying to assemble a bit of money to, uh, to pay for the mask. Uh, but also, uh, this, is, this, this became a big machine. And so the resources that we needed to uh, put all the pieces together to be able to di distribute that, like wh where would these uh, masks land, where would they be warehoused, and how they would get to the various communities. Uh, and so that's how uh, we started uh, working with, uh, with the United Way as, as a great partner uh, that, uh, that we always had. And that's how we, uh, we came about to, to a million at the end. Yeah, Michael, I mean, it, it sounds like a very natural fit uh, to have you know, the, the various networks uh, connected in this way. The, how, how did it come to you and how did you then realize that, yeah, this was something that that you could actually uh, not just participate in, but but help lead. Well, as Etienne said, uh, you know the partnerships, uh, in, uh, the organizations that came together in this partnership have worked together in other ways. We've worked with Deloitte both locally and, and globally for decades. So they, you know, they're a community-minded organization. Uh, the same with TransLink and BCAA. We've worked with them in, in many ways over the years. 
uh, during the pandemic, for example, BCAA delivered food uh, to uh, uh, vulnerable citizens and to one of, some of our 152 food hubs that we've been operating since March. So we had that relationship around the, the delivery of, of items for us. Deloitte, we've done many kind of projects together. So it was a natural fit. It came together very easily. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, our community is better because of these unique ways that a combination of uh, organizations can can undertake at in times of need. I, you know, I'm really proud of what our community and these organizations have been able yeah. to do during the pandemic. I, I want to ask a little bit more about that because I, I think that that is uh, it is obviously one of the the messages that it's coming through in this in this process, which is that it, it appears as if there's a, uh, a, a not an ad hoc but but almost a, an improvisational network that springs up in in cases like this. But do you believe that this um, this package of, of entities, these organizations that are now working together on this, are almost are almost going to be called upon repeatedly as as we go forward here at Jan, because we, we're clearly not going to get through this pandemic in the next few months, and and we're going to have other pandemics. Uh, is is it almost like a semi permanent body that has to shape up here? I, I hope so. Uh, for for me, uh, there's a lot of pride in in having participated in that group, uh, not only for for the outcome of, of providing masks to to those that need it, but also the way that that uh, that we we came about, like the the title of One Million Masks, collaborating for a safer BC. To me, it's the collaborating work that's really important. And, and so truly important in, in times of needs like this. But even if you think beyond uh, the pandemic from, from a prosperity of BC perspective, there's a lot more that we can do as, as a community, as a province uh, to work together uh, for the prosperity of BC. And in this case, uh, until this is over, yes, I think there's, there's way of, of more uh, opportunities of organizations uh, coming together and, and working. I think it's, it's a, it's inspirational in, in a sense that, that we were able to do this together. Michael, United Way is, has been all about network in its existence, uh, you know, profound uh, tentacles really into all of our communities uh, in order to, to effect uh, support and change in all of this. But do you actually see like an, uh, almost a new form of social infrastructure emerging out of the pandemic with this? Yeah, most certainly. Um, you know, all of the organizations, companies involved are, uh, you know, have a, a deep uh, background in corporate social responsibility. But I think this is going uh, one step further. Uh, I know people in all organizations, they, they all feel privileged to be able to live here and work here in British Columbia. So it's a, it's a commitment that runs deeper than just, uh, you know, a corporate social responsibility plan. It's really about purpose, social purpose, and how we can all collaborate to make us all successful in the work we do, whether it's uh, you know Deloitte or TransLink or the work of the United Way, it's it's how we can all work together to make sure that we're all successful uh, in uh, being citizens of British Columbia. Etienne, uh, uh, you've alluded a couple of times to the work that's already been done that Deloitte has already participated in over over the years in terms of its own social responsibility mandate that it, it believes it has in the community, but. Um, are you able to see any differences in all the clients that you have, the base, the network that you have, um, a kind of a change in the tone that they have and the attitude they have toward their social responsibility through this pandemic and, and how it may, may leave kind of a permanent 
uh, shift in in their operations. Yeah, to- totally. Uh, every every organization right now is is looking at purpose, looking at ESG, and and, and more than the words. Uh, I think now it's it's getting down to really be part and core to the strategy. Uh, for instance, at Deloitte, we we are now building. Uh, partnerships and, and we have one with, with Michael in the United Way. So that means we are very deliberate of, of working together to, to, to do good. We're having multiple conversations. I think what uh, Michael and the United Way do on the food security during during the, the pandemic is fantastic. And I can see beyond the pandemic, like we talk about food security, access to food is something that I could see would, would become another uh, uh, area where where collaboration can do, but definitely, people are looking at at their corporate social responsibility in in a much more meaningful way than before. I'll stay with you on this one, though. I mean, uh, there are um, a lot of people who would say, "Listen, isn't that really the role of government? Why is the private sector having and and even even public institutions that are associated with with the public sector?" Um, why are they having to do this? Is it just that you have the logistics, you have the the nimbleness, the the agility in order to to stage all of this? I think that's part of it. Uh, uh, the other part is that every organization now is 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 looking at making that impact that matters in the community. I think it's something that the workforce uh, wants uh, in terms of working for an employer that that wants to do more than run their business. So there is a, 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 a an internal uh, wish to, to do good. Whether or not we're replacing government or not, I think it, it depends on the areas. But I think uh, there is certain areas where there is a gap uh, and when we identify it when we talk with with each other again i come back to that collaboration we, we talk to each other and there was a need and in this case uh, all of these organizations each had a role to play of making something that happened that was not otherwise happening so i i, I would use the word end uh, rather than an or in this case and i hope we can do more of that Michael, uh, of course, United Way's history has been very clearly to identify needs in the communities and then solicit and, and work with the community in order to find that support. Um, I wonder whether, again, in, in the pandemic, you see emerging an, almost another layer or another, um, another a kind of permanent form of support that will come to United Way in order to help its mission and all of this as a result of, of things like this? Well, yeah, United Way's mission is a healthy, caring, and inclusive community. And having the private sector contribute to that by being conscious of the role and the impact and the purpose that they have will help uh, reach that, uh, that vision, uh, absolutely. A, a number of years ago, United Way started a social purpose institute for companies to help them define what their purpose could be because there is a growing body of evidence that a company that's uh, uh, ha- has a social purpose, can both uh, appeal to bright, talented people, and can also appeal to a, a growing customer base. So the you know the case for increased profit is there, uh, and I believe British Columbia is poised to be a world leader in social purpose expertise. Um, so I would say it, it didn't start with the pandemic, but it's certainly been accelerated because of the pandemic. So I, I want to ask you both. I know uh, one million sounds like a huge number. 
but these masks aren't permanent. Um, you're going to need another million anytime soon? Yeah, Jim? I well, I'll, I'll let Michael answer that question. <laughs> well, I guess the answer we all want to hear is I hope not. But I think the, the, the real answer is, is if we do, I'm sure we can pull together the partners who will find ways to, to support people in need in our communities. I would agree with uh, that. Last question. Uh, what was the most difficult part of this? Hmm. I, I, uh, you know what, from, from, a, from a goals perspective, uh, really easy uh, part of, is, is making it happen in the details. Uh, it's, still, it's still a lot of logistics. It's still a lot of, of coming together uh, and, and putting all the pieces together, uh, making sure that it was done right. Uh, that there was there was a, a a certain level of organizational and administrative work that needed to be done, uh, but it was done in and with the mindset and the outcome in mind, and uh, we we got it done. And I would say, from the United States point of view, um, you know, we would not have been able to do this without Deloitte and the other partners, uh, because they came to the table. It made it easy for us uh, to take what people need and get it to the, to them at a time when they need it. So it actually became easy because of the strengths of the partners around the table. It wasn't hard at all, uh, but it would have been impossible without them. And, and for us, like, it's good to have a million masks in a warehouse, but, but where, who, who to give, give them to, is it the, the right way to do it? And, and United yeah. Way was, was the perfect partner to do that. So. Yeah. The, the, uh, the thing I wonder about, uh, because I, so many places have talked about so many, collaborations that they've tried to undertake during the pandemic. And, and the one thing that maybe couldn't be agreed upon all that readily was, well, what is the actual delivery here? What, what is it that we're trying to precisely do? Um, did the mask idea emerge really swiftly in all of the discussions here and get that consensus, Etienne? Oh yeah, that that's what started it. As I said at the beginning, it it, it it's an idea that started from various data points, but but it it came very early that that we needed masks, and yeah. and so that was the, the 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 lightning rod of of the conversations. As I said, it started a bit in in, in terms of of confidence and transportation, then in terms of of equality, fairness for all British Columbian. Uh, to to get to where we are today, but uh, the masks themselves was was always at the core of our conversations. And so the uh, United Way site uh, uwlm.ca/slash/one-million-masks has all the information on this. The, the campaign rolls out through the March through March fifth. I want to congratulate both of you, and I want to thank you both for appearing today on the podcast. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Michael McKnight of United Way and Etienne Brisson of Deloitte. You've been watching BIB Today. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief.